Hi everyone, I'm Kiana, and I'd like to welcome you to Toronto Nature Now, brought to you by CJRU 1280 AM in Toronto and the Toronto Field Naturalists. The Toronto Field Naturalists are a volunteer-run, non-profit nature conservation organization, connecting people with wildlife and nature in the Toronto area. Today I'm joined by Jonathan Harris, who's here to talk about spraying ephemeral plants. Jonathan is a former Toronto Field Naturalist hike leader and environmental consultant who now resides outside of North Bay. Jonathan left an eight-year career in consulting to pursue a new path in agriculture. He currently operates forest and farm outside with his partner, Jennifer. Here's what Jonathan had to say. So, hi, Jonathan. How are you? Hi, I'm well. How about yourself? I'm good, thank you. And thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to talk about ephemeral plants, and my first question is, what exactly are ephemeral plants? Well, ephemeral plants are those plants with a short life cycle. So the word ephemeral, it means transitory or quickly fading. Now, with regards to plants, it refers to several distinct growth strategies, including desert ephemerals, which are plants that are adapted to take advantage of the short, wet periods in arid climates, uh, mudflat ephemerals, which take advantage of short periods of low water, and in areas sub subject subjected to occurring human disturbances, such as plowing, uh, weedy ephemerals are very short-lived plants whose uh, entire life cycle takes less than a growing season. In each case, the species has a life cycle time to exploit a short period when resources are freely available. And lastly, and the main focus of today, are spring ephemerals. Uh, this is referring to perennial plants that emerge quickly in the spring and die back to their underground parts after a short growth and reproduction phase. Some plants like trilliums and jack in the pulpit, they might not entirely wither back, like uh, say like wild leeks. Uh, so sometimes leaves can still be visible well into the summer, but all the re reproductive parts have withered back in or in this one. Oh, I didn't even know there were um, different types of plants with different life cycles. That's really cool. Yeah, the, the spring ephemerals are one of our uh, native native wildflowers in Ontario and in the Toronto area. Oh, nice. That's cool. And so where might listeners observe these types of plants? Well, as I mentioned, spring ephemerals are some of our native wildflowers, but a lot of folks may be familiar with spring ephemerals that are actually common Eurasian species seen throughout the city in many, many gardens, such as tulips, daffodils, crocuses, hyacinthus, uh, grape hyacinthus, uh, just to name a few. These species are very popular and they're easy to grow but there are only a few of the many species available and none of them are native to our region. Now our native spring ephemerals are adapted to a life in late limited forest environments, emerging and flowering before the deciduous trees leaf out in order to take advantage of available sunlight. In Ontario, the forest floors of our hardwood stands can be a carpet of spring ephemerals in May and April. And so what are some traits or growth characteristics of these plants? Well, these plants, they emerge in early spring. Uh, they flower and die back to dormancy by early to midsummer. So underground lies a bulb, a corm, or other storage organ that patiently waits for the next year to start the process all over again. Now they store their food, uh, sugars, in their underground structures, allowing them to develop their leaves and flowers ahead of time during their so-called, uh, air quotes, dormant months. Uh, ephemerals, they also tend to have quite soft leaves. Since water is plentiful in the spring, they can rely on 
what's called turbor pressure for stability in their large cells, rather than investing in thick cell walls similar to many other plants. Their seeds actually have a fatty structure called a ileosome that attracts woodland ants who carry seeds back to their nests, helping with dispersal of the, the plant in an area. Awesome. And you mentioned the ants. And so do ants play a major role in the reproduction cycle of these plants? Yes. Uh, a woodland rich in ants is also a woodland rich in spring wildflowers. So several spring ephemeral plants rely almost entirely on ants to distribute their seeds. Uh, to attract the ants to the seeds, like I mentioned, the plants attach, it's a structure called an ileosome, but to each of their seeds. So it's attached to the seed and it's made of lipids and edible fat. It's so attractive to the ants that they'll haul these seeds back to their nest. And the, uh, the, the fatty lipid is removed uh, from the seed and used by food as the ant colony. And then they don't want to eat the seed sometimes, or the seed is too hard to, to penetrate for the ants, so they just toss it in their, their compost pile, as it were. And those seeds, they start to uh, uh, grow from that, that rich nourishment from that compost and waste piles that ants, ants have in their, their colonies. So some plants that rely on ants to move their seeds include trilliums, bloodroot, wild ginger, uh, several species of sedges, and violets. A single ant colony may collect as many as a thousand seeds over a season. And while the volume is great, the distance is not though. The average uh, distance a seed is carried is sometimes just two meters away from a parent plant. Wow. I kind, I'm kind of imagining the movie A Bug's Life right now. Um, yeah, those little blue bugs just popped into my head for some reason. Yeah, that's an, a perfect example of... Uh, of the ants carrying back seeds to their colony. It doesn't show them eating the uh, leosomes, but uh, it's, if, you, if it helps to picture something, that a bug's life is certainly one that would help uh, visualize it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you know, like, if they get tired trying to bring all these seeds over? Uh, I don't think they would get tired. Um, ants are very, uh, well, they're worker ants that would be going out and getting getting those seeds and that's pretty much what they're programmed to do so I don't think they get tired of it it's just it's just what they just what they do that's good they have staminas of steel I guess <laughs> and so does anything threaten these ephemeral plants yeah uh, unfortunately our many uh, spring ephemeral plants they face threats similar to many of our other native flora and fauna uh, as mentioned ants disperse seeds of these plants but again not very far um, because the, the plant offspring, they remain so local to their parent colony or um, uh, population of spring ephemeral plants, uh, unlike plants where seeds are dispersed by birds or wind, um, habit, habitat fragmentation is a major threat to the survival of spring ephemerals. A human activity over a population of herbivores like deer and other threats add to their fragility uh, throughout um, their most secure ranges, uh, spring ephemerals are heavily de declining in, uh, in urban areas. Uh, as late successional species, though, they might require up to uh, 20 years after a disturbance to reappear. And we find this in particular with uh, species that are foraged heavily, like uh, wild leeks, or sometimes picked for their flowers, like uh, trilliums is, is one that comes to mind. Uh, and one of the biggest threats to our native spring wildflowers, not just the spring ephemerals, is it's posed by exotic plants. So uh, lesser celadine 
is also a spring ephemeral, uh, but one that hails from Eurasia. So it emerges earlier than a lot of our native uh, species, shielding, shielding them from much needed early April sunlight and competing for resources. Uh, Norway maple, uh, prolific in Toronto ravines, is also a problem. Uh, in addition to having toxins in its roots, its earlier leaf emergence from, in comparison to our native deciduous trees, it allows less time for the wildflowers in the, in the ground layer to complete their above ground life cycle. And uh, I'd encourage listeners to get out now and start to enjoy these spring wildflowers uh, while they last until next year. And if folks have gardens at home, many of our, our native plant nurseries in the province have spring ephemeral species available for purchase. That's good to know. Thank you. I just have um, a random question that popped up in my head. I, th- I think you mentioned that tulips are one of these um, plants that have short life cycles. Exactly. Yeah. It's a... Uh, technically a spring ephemeral as well. It'll bloom in, in May usually and then die back to its its uh, bulb. Okay, thank you. And so I was wondering if there, I know people plant tulips, but are there any ways that you can kind of make them last longer or is it just like in their DNA, I guess? Uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's the way they, uh, they've they adapted to, to growing. So it's, I think it's, I don't know if anybody's tried, tried to do it. I'm sure with selective breeding over time, there's possibly... Uh, varieties or cultivars of tulips that might last longer than uh, than just regular tulips, but I would probably take many generations of of growing to try and get a tulip that lasts a lot, a lot longer a season. Right. Thank you so much for talking with me today and teaching the listeners about spring ephemeral plants. Yeah, not a problem. Thanks again to Jonathan Harris for talking with me today, and I'd also like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Anyone out there who would like to get involved with Toronto Field Naturalists can visit their website at torontofieldnaturalists.org. Again, that's torontofieldnaturalists.org. Shout out to Paul Overy, the show coordinator, and once again, I'm Kiana for CJRU, and this has been Toronto Nature Now. Make sure to tune in next time! 